Hello world, we're big gay nerds. We're back. Um, you've got me, Owen. My pronouns are he and him. I'm the founder and editor of Big Gay Nerds. Um, you know what? Just because we haven't said this in a while, should we like... I, I don't know. I just realized we never like stop to establish what the hell this podcast is. <laughs> so... <laughs> Do you think I should drop that real quick? Yeah, why not? Okay, yeah. If this is somehow your first episode, um, this is an LGBTQ actual play podcast where we play a whole lot of different role-playing games and uh, have some fun. And also, we're all buds. Um, And uh, joining me today is my spouse, Ellie. Hello, I'm Ellie. Pronouns are she, they. A frequent contributor to the show. And uh, our friend Jonix. I'm Jonix. My pronouns are they, them. And uh, I'm also a frequent contributor to the show. Yeah. Um, And that's all we've got. It's a little, it's kind of a cozy episode. Um, As you may have been able to guess by the fact that we've been just off the air for a couple weeks. Scheduling has been kind of tricky lately. But we have got a cool little thing. That uh, Jonix has uh, found for us, and we're really excited to play it. So why don't you um, set things up? Yeah, okay. Um, so this is a, a game, a GMless game called The Creature Comes for Us. Um, it's by, uh, let me get the name real quick because I totally forgot it already, Orion Barker, um, who is, uh, you can find on twitter.com at uh, whiskeyutils. Um, mm. th- this is a, a sort of a, a two part. Uh, uh, GMO's experience where uh, we we define our characters and a world and also a creature that is unknown to us that is coming to uh, to threaten this world that we're creating at the same time. Um, it's the game is played with two uh, d six and also a uh, a deck of playing cards and and uh, we we're sort of. Um, there's questions associated with each card and each suit um, that that help us th- uh, sort of flesh out the the scenario that will then resolve in the second part of the game. All right. And uh, so uh-huh. so uh, in as far as uh, setting up for the game goes, uh, we've already introduced ourselves. That's a great first step. Um, and uh, second, we we kind of have to figure out what we're playing in. Like, what's the what's the overall vibe of the world? And we don't have to go into deep specifics because the questions will be sort of about that. But we do have to know, you know, where we are uh, in in this kind of world. Uh, so we've already kind of got two touchstones for that, just from like the chatter back and forth we've done so far. Um, you uh, mentioned the anime. Um, sorry, yeah. I'm scrolling back it up to, uh, to try to. Yeah, it's a keep your hands off Isokin, the uh, the, right. the stellar anime from a couple years ago. Uh, uh, that's a that's about making manga, but that's not what I'm interested in. Uh, what I'm interested in is, uh, or it's about making anime. Anyways, um, what I'm interested in is the world that is present in that uh, in that anime, which is about. Uh, which is this sort of like it seems like it's kind of a post climate change like uh, canal city somewhere in Japan that doesn't exist, 
but there's like there's lots of windmills and like um like heavy rain that requires you know big steel grates to come down over over windows and there's like uh there's old you know an old city that's underneath a lar- a new city that's been built on top of it and there's like big lakes everywhere and it's it's very clearly something has happened that has made the water a much more prominent feature in society today and so i just thought that that kind of world of like like some uh, something that has a lot of water associated with it would be kind of cool sort of like a, a, a modern day venice like if venice was was built you know in the in you know in the the 80s or whatever right <laughs> i'm into that yeah and like um it. Yeah, and then the thing I brought up was that oh, I should probably properly credit this, but um, there's been a Tumblr post that's been sort of going around recently, of um, basically someone talking about how when they were a kid and they read The Hobbit for the first time, they pictured Bilbo Baggins as looking like this sort of like little like vaguely rabbit-looking creature, which makes sense to me and is actually apparently something that was initially an issue with like early illustrators of the hobbit because it the book just opens up establishing hey this guy is called a hobbit he has furry feet and he lives in a hole if you don't know he's supposed to be just like a little guy like it does conjure up some images um so it got me thinking about like i don't know just kind of like red wall vibes but maybe not necessarily with like real animals I do like the idea of uh, of like I, I well what I love about Redwall is the the sort of um, uh, reuse of of larger things for smaller things like like having like the 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 cap of an acorn as like a serving bowl in a in a feast in Redwall is like that that kind of thing is like very fun to me so maybe yeah. what if it's like a what if there's like a sort of a borrower's vibe to it uh, like, what if, like lots of like what if it is what if it is like little creatures but you know they've built this like amazing city of some kind out of like bottles and old boxes and just you know large construction out of out of like s- small everyday things i'm i'm into that yeah. for reference the artist of the per- is uh Four Leaf Island on Tumblr and Cat Mask on. Uh, sorry, it's Four Leaf Island on Twitter and Cat Mask on t- and Tumblr. <laughs> I got mixed up because the their like handle on Twitter also says my Tumblr is Cat Mask. So <laughs> it was it was like one of those things where you tr- you like you see the word blue spelled out in red text and you're supposed to say red, you right. know. <laughs> Um, um, so Ellie, do you have a do you have maybe any any uh, touchstone that you'd like to add to this mix? Well, um, the idea of little creatures. Um, so that's sort of a, the what it, the touchstone it gives in the book is like what sort of time period it's in. And what I've had in my head lately is I've been reading a bunch of blog posts about a guy who's reading old like um, like Legion of Superheroes comics from the seventies. Oh, sick. So, what if... So, maybe it's that sort of, like, weird science fantasy vibes. Maybe they got little spaceships or something. Portals? Ooh. I don't know. Okay. I'm I'm into that. Uh, combi- that juxtaposed with um, sort of post-apocalyptic vibes and weird animals made me immediately think of um, Kamandi the Last Boy. 
Oh, yes. You two are speaking my language today. I think that's a great idea. So are we about to say something? Oh, no, I'm good. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that, that at the very least seems like a good place to start. Also, I, I don't want to weigh things down too much, but just to communicate where my head is at um, with the, the little guys and the everything, I'm, I'm also realizing that a part of me is thinking how um, I've been watching a lot of Pikmin gameplay recently <laughs> because of the recent p- sequel announcement, so... The, my brain's gonna be there a little bit too. So, yeah, just like so here's my last. Oh. oh, sorry. Um, uh, here's my here's my last thing is that this uh, this is all reminding me of a uh, one one documentary or another. Uh, uh, it was it was like a thing called like after after humans or something like that, and it was about the 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 extrapolating like the future world if humanity just stopped existing oh, yeah. in the modern age and like it goes like really really far um like i it, think you may be referring to the future is wild it's which probably was the future is wild it was a tv series um on animal planet oh, well it's a mini series <laughs> uh, heavily inspired by the works of speculative evolution author Dougal Dixon I think um, you're probably is, right you are <laughs> tapping into you did not realize this you are tapping into a keystone of my young adulthood all I remember from that really is is like two things one that's not very important which is squids swinging from trees hell um, yeah and another one is that it's like, well, eventually there's no more mammals because the earth gets too hot. And so the only thing that's left of mam- of all of mammalian, like, life are these little rats that live in trees. And, like, what if it's like that? What if that's the, the post-apocalyptic? Is like, we're actually, like, really far out in the future. Ooh. And- I'm... Yeah. And like, there's just these little, these little like bunny rat guys, <laughs> and they're just li- they're just living their best life. <laughs> like they've got little spaceships and stuff. Like they're still it's still society as we know it, kind of. But it's just like they're all these little like, you know, they got little lumpy tails and and stuff like that. And there's you know and like there's you know they're hunting, uh, you know, uh, what would what would be the equivalent of like maybe. Uh, a small horse sized like beast of burden, but it's like hunting a mammoth for them. It's yeah. like you know, it's like this crazy like scale thing is is going off. That could be fun. That 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 is cool to me. This is not relevant to our game, but I do want to. Um, so the the fucked up thing about the last mammals in the future is wild is that they were specifically like they basically lived as livestock for spiders. <laughs> Yeah, horrible, awful. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, things were. <laughs> they, it didn't didn't end well for us, but <laughs> at least we went out looking cute. Anyway, but yeah, all of, all of this sounds good. I'm ready to start digging around in this. So let's see. I've got. Uh... Post-apocalyptic world of like rat rabbit people inspired by the future is wild and seventies sci-fi uh, comics. Does that sound about right? Yeah, that sounds pretty good to me. Yeah. Cool. All right. 
Um, so, next we need to determine the basics of the characters that we're playing in this world. Um, give them a name and pronouns, um, what species are they, how old are they, what are their hobbies, what do they do as a job, are they used to fighting monsters, or is this their first time being in danger? Um, Is some of that not stuff that's covered by the cards? Because I was glancing at some of the cards, and some of them look to be... Well, this is kind of stuff that you want to think about, because here's the next line is, give your fellow players some simple answers to these questions, but don't go too far into detail. You'll be able to expand on your character while playing the game. All right. Okay, Um, so let's see. Characters. I'm just going to come up with a name and pronouns, and I think that's... And I'm going to kind of let the cards guide me a little bit further on this this adventure. Okay. Oh, and I'm I'm taking notes in the in the uh, Google Doc as well. Okay. My starting point is definitely in my mind still like doing like just kind of hobbit sounding names. But I want something that's better than Bonkus, but nothing besides <laughs> Bonkus is coming to me. See, I want to start. I'm gonna think. I'm gonna start from the job angle. I think. I think he's either like like a like a low level minister or like the guy in the disaster movie who's like looking at the monitor, and then like the monitor has like a reading that's like not right, and then he looks at it, he's like, oh no, this isn't right, and then he like has to, oh, has to he runs over to the phone, you know that guy. Yeah, that's excellent. <laughs> it's like it's aliens or a tidal wave or something, you know. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> oh god, it's tabbed well, already. In contrast with that, then I guess that I want my guy to be some kind of, if not monster hunter, then just kind of like a hunter guy. I don't know if this is a society <laughs> where people necessarily need soldiers per se. Maybe that's something we will figure out. Um, but yeah, I'm, I don't, I don't think my brain's going to break away from Bonkus, so I'm just going to try and plow forward and like convince myself it's, if I say it enough, it'll stop being silly. Yeah. Because I also, the thing I like about that, uh, that picture of, uh, Bilbo that the person did is that it's like... Part of it is playing with how huge Sting is in comparison to him, even though it's it was like a knife to Oh, you know? yeah, nice. That's right. That was very cool. Um. So yeah, I picture he's got he's got some kind. His name is Bonkus. He's got some kind of large weapon. I don't know if it's something. I don't know if he's just like a a hunter in terms of food, or if he may be considered a soldier or some respect. But he is a a guy who has some like fighting experience in uh, i just figure that makes a good contrast with the you know the the bureaucrat <laughs> sure um yeah hmm i'm i'm thinking of i'm thinking of going going to the well i have here's the thing is that i i love playing rogues and I, ha- and I haven't really had the uh, the opportunity to play one in a while, so I think that's yeah. what I'm gonna do. Hell I yeah! Think, I think I'm gonna I'm, think I'm gonna play some kind of uh, some kind of like street rat 
quite literally, um, <laughs> uh, who's like, hmm, I'm, I'm like, in my mind, I'm kind of picturing like, take the base design for for Danger Mouse, oh, and then like add like Riot Girl like punk singer <laughs> aesthetic on top of it. Fuck yeah. I think I think that's who I think that's who she is. I don't have a good name yet, though. That's really good, though. <laughs> so trying to think as uh, being influenced as little by Bonkus as possible. I'm thinking like Clarence. <laughs> yeah, you can just have people with normal names. <laughs> so Clarence, who works in remote monitoring and data collection. I I like how we've got like two sort of like RPG characters and then someone from Shin Godzilla. <laughs> also very happy that uh bureaucrat has rat in it. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. <laughs> Let's see. What is the name of this character? I think it's a I think it's monosyllabic. I think her, I think mm. she's like um, I think her name is Risk. Actually, Ooh. I think that's her name. That's really good. All right. I also think that Bonkus is like a little heavy set by like you know little 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 rat guys. There's a little closer oh. to like to like a KV or something yeah. than a rat necessarily. Sure. Not quite capybara, but. Yeah, I was thinking about a beaver, maybe. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm imagining like the proportions of uh, uh, Remy's brother from from yeah. Ratatouille. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um. So we have like our the, characters. Oh, I like the idea that like our characters are like. Like the people in the society are like all the same species, but they look they can look wildly different between yeah. individuals, mm-hmm. um, just yeah, because of whatever's going on with their genetics. It's like One Piece humans. Like you can get yeah. like human size, and then you can get like just like just huge, just giant dudes. Yeah, and, and it's just some like of yeah, them that's have just like, a guy. Yeah. yeah, and some have like extra joints in their limbs and shit. Yeah, yeah exactly. And sometimes you just have someone who looks like something. And that's just their deal. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, we've got our characters. Um, uh, da, 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 da. So yeah, uh, uh, Ellie, you have, a, you have a deck of cards. I do, yes. So you will be our, our card drawer. Um, let's see. The, uh, of course, this, like I said earlier, this is a GM-less game, so we are all, we're all just go- kind of going in an order. Um, how about just the order that we introduced ourselves in? I like that. that. Sounds good. So, me, Ellie, you? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. Does that sound right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, uh, we go by turns. Uh, each turn is, it has three sections. Uh, draw a card, resolve the questions for the card, and note down the outcome. Uh, so 
to resolve the question, simply read uh, or resolve the questions for the card. Simply read out questions and discuss them amongst yourselves. Imagine what the answers might be in the world you're creating together. Uh, you know, obviously, we're supposed to sort of improv this. Uh, so if we come up with some details that we like, we should probably note them down, even if they're not pertinent to the exact question. It might be useful for later, uh, later cards. Um, and uh, and everyone's participating in this discussion ultimately uh, or you know uh, like on the, on the top end if like you if if someone has a cool pitch for someone else's card that's great but it all comes down to the person who drew the card how they feel and they are the one that resolves the question sounds good and uh, and just to be clear when you say person who drew the card, you mean the person whose turn it is, because... Yes, the person who's... Right, I'm sorry, yes, no. the person whose turn it is. It's the cards are. The cards are. I the cards. Um, and let's see, we've got our written record. Um, right, yeah. So, uh, the... I'll just go over the, the four suits for the audience here. We've already talked about this a little bit, but, uh, um... The the four suits have different uh, meanings for for each one, and they have a list of questions associated with each card. Hearts are for uh, questions about characters. Diamonds are questions about your readiness to fight the encroaching horror, uh, which is and each diamond gives you one resource. Uh, spades are questions about the world. Clubs are questions about the monster itself. And uh, they give you one threat, and so we are supposed to note down our resources and threats, uh, sort of, to make sure that we have those uh, handy because that's going to be useful in part two. Okay. Um, and the and the game as as rules as written, the game ends or the part one ends when a total of eight club cards have been drawn. All right. Um, we'll see if we. If, if we go that far, uh, the rules also say that you can do uh, multiples of four, so you can just have it be four club cards. You can go up to 12 club cards. Um, so we'll, we'll, we'll see what's up. Yeah, whatever fits our uh, recording schedule. Exactly. Um, okay, and uh, let's see. Let's. All right. Uh, and now it's, now it's time. Time our, for our first okay. draw. Our first card is the Jack of Hearts, which Jack says, Hearts. Is your character a natural leader or a natural follower? What would it take to push them to step up or stand down? And this is for Bonkus. Okay. Um, let's see. There's, given what I've laid out, I feel like that kind of character can really go either way. Mm-hmm. Um. Sorry, I'm immediately thinking about like what's this guy's role in society, and like <laughs> I realize that I'm immediately like leaning towards like a funny little guy version of Blondie from <laughs> Blades in the Dark, um, and I don't know whether to fight that or not. But I think that um, I think that he's a follower, not necessarily to say that he's like a lackey or goon or whatever but i think that whatever role he plays like as a like as sort of like a hunter fighter guy is um something where he has even if he doesn't have a direct superior or whatever in this it's something that he is sort of doing like for the good of the community 
you know it's not like he's necess- he's like a glory hound and setting out on quests and stuff it's like there's something that needs to be done he's just gonna Bonkus is gonna go do it um maybe this is like the family trade or something yeah that makes sense um and so um push him to step up or stand down um basically what need uh what it takes to for him to step up would be just like his community being in under in danger and stand down would be um let's see hmm I, you know what? I just said that he wasn't, like, doing it for glory, but I think, like, the thing that would be necessary for him to, like, stand down, it wouldn't just be a matter of, like, being told to. It would be a matter of, like, realizing that, like, public opinion was against him or something like that. He he likes to be liked, I think. Oh. Okay, cool. Alright, I like that. I like I like this guy. Okay. Um, right, so does that, does that look good? Uh, a follower working for the good of the community would need a dire threat to stand up or be pushed down by public opinion. Yeah, that covers it. Alright, so next card? Next card is the Eight of Diamonds, which is... Alright, that's our first resource. Ooh. Uh, what can your character use to armor themselves? What can they <laughs> use p- to better withstand the creature's attacks? Oh boy! Oh, that's just funny for the for the desk guy. Um, yeah, you might have to dig into some of that '70s sci-fi. <laughs> yeah, what sounds plausible? Hmm. Well, I I guess this. Like, how far are we going to go into the, into, like, the scrounged tech thing? Or is this, mm. or is this more like, uh, like, is this closer to, like, oh, yeah, no, like, you can have a force field kind of tech. Yeah. See, the, the tricky part is armor, because if he had, like, a, if he had, like, a, an issued, like, taser spray or something, that would make sense, but, uh. Yeah. Maybe the he's got idea. like a maybe he's got like an emergency suit or not. Yeah. Maybe hmm. maybe he's got a Hmm. I'm kind of interested in the implications of a society where the equivalent of like an issued like self-defense weapon is instead like armor or something like yeah. that. So Oh, I know. He's in. Uh, he works in an office. I like the idea that there's like a, um, there's like an in case of emergency break glass thing. There's like a rebreather or like oh. a like a thermal blanket or something you can try to throw over a fire. Stuff like that. Just mundane stuff. Okay. Yeah. So like in a mundane emergency kits. Yeah. Maybe some like um, there might even be like a flotation device or something in there if there's so much water around. Yeah, my my first wackiest idea is if it's like seventy sci-fi, maybe he's just got some like special like polymers in his lab coat or whatever, or it's like <laughs> suit jacket that oh so you know, yeah, it's like oh good thing I had this treated with 
Oh, God, I can't even think of something. <laughs> Center tight. I don't know. <laughs> Let's see. So, rebreather, thermal blanket, flotation device, etc. Yeah. Sounds, uh, something, something you could go run to. <laughs> I like that that, like, that's breaking case of emergency, which means, like, it happens enough <laughs> that, like, they, that yeah. they're just like, ah, crap, it's another flood. Like, okay, everybody, like, get ready for this to happen. And what if yeah. it's, instead of a thermal blanket, what if it's, like, a, like, a, um, what's the word I, I can't think of the word but like like an essentially something that absorbs electricity like so or, or, or you know doesn't it doesn't uh oh um grounded yeah. what's it called non-conductive Crap. non-conductive Thank yeah you. like so it's like because because like if there's floods and like this place has like power oh, then that yeah. just you know there's like danger that happens a lot and and so it's like a non-conductive uh, a piece of material that you can like use to protect yourself uh, from any any uh, any live currents. That sounds good to me. Mm-hmm. All right. Are we ready for the next one? Uh, sure. Okay, we got a two of spades. Two of spades about the world. Okay. Uh, what does transportation look like in this world? How do people move around from place to place? How are goods and materials <laughs> transported? Oh, okay. Man. So, there was, in the same, bringing up the comics I was looking at again, there was a planet of little guy, they, it was uh, the planet Shrinking Violet was from, so they could all shrink down to like a couple inches tall. And they were like, uh-huh. they would get in like little, there was like a pneumatic tubes with little spheres in them. They would <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> Sorry so to yeah, jump like, ahead, but. Let's see, pneumatic tubes is good. <laughs> um, definitely thinking about that. Uh, hmm. What if it's, so, I'm, I'm thinking about like long range travel as well. Uh, so what if there's, like, <laughs> what if it's, it, you know, there's pneumatic tubes and stuff in the city that, like, you know, but but since they're, you know, it's, like, rats, it kind of looks like a rat maze. Yeah. You know, there's lots of, like, strange angles that, like, don't really need to be there and stuff, like, um. Mm-hmm. For enrichment. Yeah, for enrichment purposes. <laughs> uh, but, but, uh. Like, whenever they're going, like, in between settlements or whatever, or, like, going long range or, like, going out to hunt or anything like that, um, the the end of the tubes kind of shoot out like a, like a t-shirt cannon. <laughs> <laughs> like, they, I'm just imagining, like, like, they're in a little capsule and it's like, and, you know, you're, like, it's like, oh, crap, we're not ready for this. And, uh, it's like, oh, yeah, you better, like, strap in because, uh, it's about to get bumpy and then you just, Froom! and they just shoot out. <laughs> Like across a field, <laughs> and yeah. then like, and then like it's you know their little capsule. I don't know. It probably like sprouts wings or something. Like it does something cool to stay afloat or stay aloft. That is uh, yeah. as it's traveling out to go even further. So yeah, I you think know, it's. Yeah. It, I think the the capsule and tube thing is very good. You know where my mind immediately went when thinking about little guys with scavenger technology. What's flying that? around in vehicles 
Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Uh, of course. <laughs> There's, I don't know if all of the capsules would work quite like that, but maybe, I don't know, maybe that's what the little wings they sprout. It's along think, those lines. I think that's what society used to look like. like oh, like, yeah. The last generation of tech was was like cobbled together, Chippendale's right. Rescue Ranger style. Like there's like there's you know big big balloons that are just like you know actually uh, hot water bottle yeah things. And, you know like there's all that going on, um, and then and then like now we've gotten to the point we've advanced to the point where it's like okay, like we're starting to everything's starting to kind of homogenize a little bit. Um, and and we're we're able to craft our own materials, but like it's all very much still based on those designs. We've come a long way from ha- Gadget Hat Crunch. <laughs> yeah, she's like the she's she's like the, the Thomas Edison of exactly, yeah. <laughs> just like a big old statue of her in the town square, enough for the normal reasons that there's statues of Gadget Hat Crunch. <laughs> Uh, yeah, capsules and pneumatic tubes uh, with with like um, with special special gadgets and such uh, installed into them. Yeah, there's probably yeah, there's probably, probably uh, bigger stuff. It says how are good materials transported, and I don't know. Maybe um, figure we gotta have like maybe trucks or maybe even hovercraft. I like the idea of freight tubes being a classification. Oh, <laughs> just, just, just big tubes. <laughs> yeah, they are little tiny guys. They can they can take advantage of little tiny physics. <laughs> it's true. Or maybe that's where the like the water comes in. Maybe maybe like true. canals. Like canals are actually like like most of life. Most of like like normal life for most of the society is above the water. Um, in these like sort of like uh, without going into too much detail, like go into into buildings that have the tubes connecting them, right? But right. then, then like on the like the bare streets, it's like okay, these are the streets, and then there's the water below them, and the water is where like the dock workers and like the sort of the lower level people all go to work, and right. it's a little dangerous down there. It's a little ski, a little skeezy down there, but like there's constant barges and um. Uh, and you know, uh, maybe like a, like the equivalent of like those mile long freight trains, but it's just right. like a, a a link of barges and tugboats yeah. and stuff, just just putting around through the canals. You got little little guys uh, shouting to each other, you know. Uh, you got horns blaring all the time, that kind of stuff. Steamboat Willie, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, steamboats. Yeah, for sure. Hell yes. But yeah, steamboat Willie is. Uh, <laughs> there's just one little guy mouse who guys. looks like that. There's one guy who looks like he's, that. Everyone's like <laughs> the rubber hose like, okay, dance. We're, we're just not gonna mess with him. <laughs> he's he's <laughs> kind of doing his own thing. <laughs> he's around a lot. He's always time. happy. Like, so yeah. Like yeah. <laughs> That's great. Boat convoys in the canals. Yeah, cool. Okay. Piloted by sailors and dock workers and such. Okay. 
the next? Next. Is, uh, Owen's up again. Okay. Right. We have the Eight of Clubs. So our first club. Ooh, our first club. How right. sentient is the creature? Can it understand you? And can it be reasoned with? Ooh, boy. This feels like such a big one to start <laughs> with. Because mm-hmm. I've got none of the vibes of the... Like, I've got... I admit I have a picture of the creature in my head, but since I haven't been called upon to resolve that, I'm not, like, you know, acting on it. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of have a picture of the creature in my head, too, but I'm interested to see what, what that ends up looking like when we're done with these... When the, with the club questions. Yeah. I like the idea that it is... De- I like the idea that it is sentient, but not in a way that we know how to communicate and maybe not in a way that has the same, like, values as us. Like, immediately jumping to, like, dolphins, you know? Sure. Like, I don't know. I like the, the thing is, I don't want it to be like, oh, it's just a mindless creature, and I also don't want it to be like, oh, it's either like a misunderstood innocent or just evil, you know? Uh-huh. So I feel like something that is clearly intelligent, but is maybe operating sort of on a different code than us, is the sensible answer. Yeah, so sure. Like, yes, no, and no, it sounds like. Yeah. <laughs> Which is maybe the scariest combination of those. <laughs> Right. Yes, no, and no. Okay, there we go. Uh, yeah, clearly intelligent, intelligent, but operates on a different code from society. And oh, that's, that is that's yeah. Uh, and so, for threats, should we just put alien intelligence? Sure. Yeah, that works. Okay. <laughs> okay. So Ellie next. Okay. Got the eight of spades. Getting a lot of eights. Yeah. Yeah. What are the buildings here made of? Where do people Ooh. live and sleep? And is there adequate shelter for all? Oh, boy. Ooh. Nice. Okay. This is a great question for the bureaucrat to answer. Yeah. Um, what are the buildings here made of? So since we do get the 70s sci-fi vibes, I figure it's sort of uh, one of those sort of like imaginary construction materials that's basically concrete. You know, like there's plascrete. Um, right. We can just uh, stick with like, yeah, plascrete. It's like something they can like extrude lots of in various shapes. It's sort of like a sort of like a sort of a coarse gray substance you kind of want to cover up if you've made your building out of it. Maybe they've got a, you know, have you ever played um, the the most recent Prey game from Arcane Studios? Oh, I think so, yeah. I'm thinking of um, the, the glue uh, the glue gun that they have in that where you just kind of shoot like a, like a super hard foam that just like kind of popcorns onto the wall and then oh, it becomes yeah. like a, a, an object that you can climb on. I was thinking, like, like, what if they just have, like, like hoses that's just like, oh, we need a, you know, we need a, a, a foundation for this building. Yeah. <laughs> and, then, 
<laughs> like there's just like a little rat guy holding a you know holding a, like a thing with a canister on his back, just yeah. just filling it up. <laughs> okay. And then it just hardens. Ooh, yeah. Where do people live and sleep? Um. So I guess. Hmm. Sort of. How's what those housing like? They can get around pneumatic tubes and canals. Yeah, do, is, is this a thing where there's like little rat apartments, or is it more like a yeah. communal living space, maybe? Um, yeah, rodents makes me think more communal living, just like burrows and stuff, but who knows, maybe it's just like giant like tenements and stuff. Mm-hmm. Could even go into like arcologies, maybe like big sort of... Oh. City buildings. <laughs> that would make sense, and I think that would also jive with like, like people not having to use like the tubes <laughs> like every day. You know, yeah. If they had everything like just in as part of the bi- their building. Yeah, you either use the tubes or the canals to get like get someplace fast. But if you need to go to the corner store, you just walk, right? Yeah. If there is a corner store. <laughs> hmm. Maybe they're very vertical. Oh, yeah. That would like, make sense. It's like, because, you know, because obviously, like, our our living spaces tend to be very horizontal because we can't climb very well. But, <laughs> yeah. like, but like, you know, rodents tend to yeah. be able to climb and burrow. So yeah. like, what if they're just this? Is just like, oh yeah, my my apartment is like one room. Climb up a ladder. Second room. Climb up a ladder. Third room. Oh. <laughs> or whatever. So maybe it's a uh, yeah. Maybe it's very vertical and kind of narrow because it's like sort of like you start as like old sort of like beaver dam cities or something. Like I don't yeah. Know. Oh, that's cool. So it's like it's like it's there's they sort of weave in between these like big bodies of water that they're partially creating. Yeah, that's great. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I think it. what I'm picturing is that sort of upper society is literally upper in this case, and, like, they're the ones that are using the tubes and crap the most. Yeah, um, okay. Because they, they, you know, need to get to their very important government jobs and such. And then, like, the lower <laughs> you go, the more, like, natural it becomes. Like, where to the point of, like, the docks are all, like, wooden instead of plascrete. Like, because they're old, and, like, they're, like, all water-soaked and stuff. And so, like, there you have maybe people that are living in burrows and hutches and things, like, little, you know, little, like, beaver dam-style, like, kind of lean-tos and things like that. And so just, it, it, there's sort of a spectrum of, of like, lifestyle from, from like, lab rat to to wild rat but in, in the context <laughs> of modern society <laughs> yeah i dig it so uh, i think uh following that vibes there's probably uh probably not enough adequate shelter for all that makes yeah. sense i think that because yeah I, yeah we're gonna risk exist yeah. If if there was adequate shelter for everybody, she's got to be a street rat. So yeah. Plus, if we're going to play the like literal stratification, like vertically things, like yeah, you got to have some some dispossessed. Yeah. Cool. All right. So so it's a 
So they're so, and then I guess to answer the question, uh, the eight of spades. Uh, the buildings are made of like a plascrete thing, but can also be natural. Uh, where do people live and sleep in in uh, in multiple styles of home, but mainly in either sort of these uh, these sort of maybe um, vertical structures or down in communal living spaces. Yeah, and then uh, and there's not enough adequate shelter for all. Oh, how uh, how appropriate, by the way, that your your two Google Docs animals for me are a shrew and a bat. <laughs> <laughs> Next so up is me. You get the five of hearts. Five of hearts. All right. Uh, where am I? Uh, what words come to mind to describe your character's clothing? What words come to mind to describe your character's face? To a perfect stranger, how do they appear? Okay, well, so I already kind of described her um, as we would see her, uh, as, as like I said, it's kind of a kind of a danger mouse look, but mixed with mixed with like a punk singer aesthetic. Uh, I'm thinking like a, um, like a she has like kind of a shock of blonde hair, but it's like a normal rodent head with just like top hair on top. You, you get what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and she's definitely like she's definitely white furred, and I think she does have an eye patch because that's <laughs> fun. Um, let's see what else. What else? Uh, clothing. I think it's like, um, yeah. I, I think it's. I think she's got like loose. Uh, loose-fitting clothes under like a leather jacket. Uh, that's but like I don't know, not a leather jacket, a leather a leather vest that used to be a leather jacket. Like the sleeves have been uh. clearly ripped off at some point, and like she's got tons of patches and like little little like tiny little knickknacks and stuff. Not knickknacks. I, I what are they called? Like you know, just like little like pins and buttons right. and crap all over it. Um, little da- like dangly bits. Hanging from from the jacket. The jacket is the important part for for her for sure. Mm. Um, and let's see. And I think uh, the words that come to mind to describe your character's face are, uh, um, intense. I think is the word. Mm. Like. Like you look at her and you know that she is she's up to something, and you don't want to be a part of it. Gotcha. See, so yeah, I'll I'll type all that out. Uh, while while you uh, move on to the next one, but that that's risk. That's you know that's that's what her deal is. Awesome. Um. So next is Owen, and we have the Ten of Spades, which is how much of the natural land still exists? Is the world industrialized, or do the citizens live in the wilds? So we've already gone over a little bit of this, which is cool. Yeah, oh man. I like the idea that these guys have a very industrial society, but just based on the literal scale, there's still a shocking amount of, like, wilderness 
there. Of course, um, yeah. I like the... Um... Okay, here's what I'm picturing, is that, like, you've you've got you've got the world and it's there's probably more like like the 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 tides have risen and also if we're like jumping all the way ahead to like the last mammals there may even be a little continental drift but like sort of a similar setup and i like the idea that like our civilization is kind of like this big like strip that runs along like the coast like the coastal areas um mm. like it's not even like i mean that's kind of already how things are but it's like the interior is like hostile deserts and shit oh um, okay and like and maybe some uh well maybe not all deserts if there's enough rainfall you could have some big old like rainforests and stuff but like that also presents its own problems so I like the idea that that civilization is almost entirely limited to these particular like geographic limitations, but they've exploited the hell out of every facet of that. Uh, of course, sure. And so that also means that like if if like you've got business on the other side of the continent or something like that, um then you you're going to have to like go all the way around or else like use a spaceship or some shit yeah you like the it for for the the higher society types like i'm sure that they have some sort of like really nice executive travel yeah. uh, options that that are essentially like little spaceships like they go and maybe maybe it's not literally a spaceship but it's like it's the equivalent for like for a rat where it's like oh yeah right. this can go above the canopy of like the rainforest trees yeah like like it, it's like it might as well be low orbit for them yeah that mm-hmm. definitely that 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 tracks um but so you know you everyone else do you think it's a desert or do you think it's a like a hostile forest that, um, that stops the uh, stops like inter intercontinental travel i think it's probably it, pro- it probably varies like from place to place uh, but i, I feel like be- but i think maybe where we are it's a desert like a desert is at the very least what's closest to us for the okay. purposes of like you know building up this story ah oh, so maybe the like the dams and the are like sort of making the water sources that we used to grow the food and stuff yeah well i mean the cities are built around well what what the mental image i have is like ocean coastal city and then as soon as the as soon as the city gives gives away it's desert oh brutal okay yeah yeah so the dams actually maybe are kind of causing a bit of the desert too probably yeah um just because it's like well we need we need this water for us so yeah (laughs) just gonna (laughs) block this part out and then they're like oh yeah it dried out like a lot more than it's supposed to over here yeah I like that yeah if they're uh, trying to if they're by the ocean and they end up water they're probably like desalinating a lot of it having to... yeah they've got like maybe they've got these just big silos you know that like 
you, you'll see there are like twin you'll see like these just two giant like silos side by side and over the course of the day one will like be pumped full of seawater and then will like empty out into the other one that then fills up with fresh water oh that's great it seems like an inefficient way to do it but it's a cool image <laughs> Let's see, natural land does exist, but settlements are mainly coastal. Um, society has industrialized to the point of, let's say, um, damming rivers and and uh, desalinizing water right yeah mm-hmm. that seems right okay cool um so ellie is up next all right i draw a seven of clubs which is the club. what weapons does the creature bring to fight you are they part of its Ooh. body or something it has forged how does it intend to harm you hmm interesting Boy, yeah, this is uh, put in sort of the same situations. Uh, so it feels like it determines a lot. Something completely alien and intelligence. I think it's the middle question that's really sticking with me. Yeah, part of its body or something that is forged is interesting. So I guess, um, hmm. Do we do we want to talk about what this creature is, or at least partially what it is? Because I think that might help lead to some more interesting answers. Yeah. Um, or or we could wait and just kind of pick up the pieces of all the threats that we have and kind of figure it yeah. out later. See, like my look, my thing is I have I haven't like hypothesis like I have a, I don't have a mental image at all. So <laughs> let's see. Part of its body or something it has forged. I think I think my in my gut, I just think a part of its body is more interesting. What do you guys think? Yeah, that, I mean that that lines up with what I already had in mind, so not gotcha. gonna fight it. Okay. Yeah. So in that case, part of its body um alright, so I was thinking some sort of like uh, some sort of some sort of energy maybe like a plasma cutter or like mm-hmm. uh, Godzilla's laser Ooh. breath situation but because oh, cool. my my gut on the last one how does it intend to harm you is uh, burn it wants to burn Ooh. me <laughs> okay yeah which is a weird thing to do with part of your body so that sounds yeah that sounds good to me So, a, a weapon that's part of its body. Yeah. But the first question, what weapons does the creature bring to fight you? I guess I'll stick with the... What if it's like... Hmm. What if it's... What if the creature is like on fire? Oh. 
Like, it's just constantly burning. I like that. Yeah, that fits with the sort of, like, plasma idea I was thinking, like, it's just... Yeah, like a wildfire running around. Well, if it's running, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, who knows? Um, (laughs) Yeah, okay. So it's... So, yeah, we can probably keep the actual, like the weapon itself sort of vague, but it's just sort of... It might be more like its presence is the weapon. Could be. In this case, right? Like, it is yeah. It is a... Like, it, it, all we know is that it is... It burns you with 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 its body. Yeah. And so, like, <laughs> whatever that means, like, we'll, we'll... Or with a part of its body. And so, like, we'll see what that means, like, when, when push comes to shove, right? Yeah, I think that, that sounds works. good. Let's see. Uh... Oh, another clubs. So for Jonix, we have the King of Clubs, which is who sent the creature, or has it come of its own accord? Does it have something mm. or someone assisting with its tactics and information? Oh, jeez. Okay. Who sent the creature? Oh, that's interesting. This is the one angle I hadn't really thought about is its is its motive cuz I was thinking of uh I was thinking of the the alien intelligence as being like explanation enough almost. Um I th- <sighs> hmm. Oh, this changes things. Mhm. <laughs> I think I think this this question almost decides what kind of fiction this is. Um, cuz if it's like oh a mad scientist made it, like that's a that's like a different thing than mm-hmm. like than like oh yeah, it's a you know, it's it's actually just this thing that exists out in the desert and shows up every now and then or something like that. Hmm. Yeah. Could be be sent from beyond the stars or like another dimension could be could be drawn to something mm. oh so the, the I, alley- oh go ahead I think it just I think the the thing is like like we the players might know this but the characters don't know this Oh. But is 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 the thing? Like I don't think that it, whatever does send this, I don't think it it makes itself known that this is what sent it. Um. So I think what this is is actually a uh, this is this is like a construct from the old world. Oh. That oh. just that has like weirdly evolved and survived. Like it's like I th- I think that this is like like whether that means that it's alive now or it has like like or if it was if it was ever not alive. Like this is something doing what it's supposed to do. In in, in it's like in its programming or its instincts or whatever. 
and it's been doing it for a very long time and has adapted to the 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 strange harsh world that it finds itself in okay yeah so i think that's what's up uh sort of a um i don't know the best way to say it I, like I, construct is the wrong word but like you know it is a it is a, a force from the old world yeah so like when the question is like what sent it the the in theory it was sent by some force of the old world but like not necessarily with this specific goal and it's yeah, not acting it's, under a direct command it's 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 almost like not malicious on the on the sender's part it's just right. doing what it's supposed to do okay yeah um yeah i think i think that's what's up and also uh, as far as does it have someone or something assisting it uh, with tactics and information? Ah, um, uh, jeez, I could. I, <laughs> um, I think that it might have, and this is another old world thing. I think it has like a satellite uplink. I was to- literally just thinking: <laughs> is there a brother eye involved here? Yeah, I think there's a brother eye involved here. I think that's exactly <laughs> what's going on. Ex brother eye. That's from another old Jack Kirby comic, uh, OMAC. Oh, uh, one man okay. army corps. <laughs> uh, that that it was uh, later adapted into main mainline DC continuity when Batman made an OMAC that was bad. Oh, boy, what Batman? <laughs> he was on some shit. It was weird, but anyways. Uh, so yeah, I I think that's what's going on is that there's a um, that this thing was sent from the old world. It is operating under its normal operating parameters as it as it has adapted them to this new situation, and it has a connection with some sort of satellite. Sorry, I'm just realizing that there's, like, a weird sort of parallel between OMAC and, like, Captain Marvel, but in a really weird way. Oh, yeah. Where it's, like, science versus magic in terms of, like, a weird external benefactor. True. Anyway. Um, yeah. And so I guess I'm up next. Oh, yeah, we got the Seven of Diamonds. Okay. Ah, where can your character hide from the creature? Where can your character run to in order to buy themselves time to regroup? Okay. Um, hide and run. Um, I think with what we've laid out, Bonkus seems like he's kind of part of maybe like the lower strata of things. I think actually with what we've laid out, I think that maybe his official job is that he's like a boat caravan guard or something. Oh, I like that. And so, like, he he's there to deal with wildlife or alternatively, like, if, if there are, like, you know, train robbers or whatever. Um, and so I think that a place... So with that in mind, he's definitely, like, um, where he can run to is, um, like, the... Well, where he can hide is, like the undercity warrens and maybe like specifically the one he's from like maybe he lives in like a big sort of communal like borough situation some somewhere in the city um and you know that's specifically an option for him because like he knows where it is and also he is you know welcome there um 
And in terms of places to run, uh, with that in mind, sort of from the opposite direction, I like the idea that he then knows like what like train what like boat caravan he could hop to to like get get somewhere else very quickly you know yeah that's great like there's there's like almost like a frogger level (laughs) of of boat caravans and stuff and he's just like he's swinging between them and hopping on stuff and yeah, yeah i like that a lot okay I'm just going to mark that down in resources as Bonkus's uh, home turf advantage. Yeah, that's great. So next for... Oh, it's my turn. We have the Three of Hearts. Uh, who does your character consider to be their family? Is it blood that ties them or something stronger? Ooh. Uh, What's Clarence up to? Yeah, that's a good yeah. question. I hadn't even thought about that. I thought he was gonna get squashed by a meteor or something in the second act. Um, <laughs> oh man, I, I do think it's cute if he's just got someone at home. Let me think. Yeah, I think he's got like a just like a husband who works in accounting or something. Yay. <laughs> wonderful. You know, not the same department. That would be improper. Right. But, you know. Yeah. <laughs> Conflict of interest. They're, they're both very uh, serious people, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's just. Uh, it's like Michael, a sort of chipmunk. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> wonderful. Squirrel <laughs> Seeks Chipmunk. That's a, that's a David Sedaris book. <laughs> oh, is it? <laughs> Yeah. Oh. oh yeah. Damn. Okay. Um. So next card then. Oh yep yep. And got a jack of spades. Um. That is. Oh, what does worship look like in this world? Who are the figures or forces worshipped in any religions, and who is entrusted to write or spread these beliefs? Oh, I'm God not, damn! I about Did this. not know it would go there. Yeah. Worship. Oh, jeez. Um. Hmm. I'm thinking about like rodent characters in books, in in things that I that I enjoy, and a lot of them are very materialistic. I think a lot of them are rats, so that's kind of <laughs> like. But also, like in in Redwall, like you have you like everyone kind of enjoys the the company and like the the communal like like oh uh, sort of propriety that they have. You know, they like ca- taking care of their city. They like taking care of their their community and that kind of thing. Um, so I think that this is like, if if this is a higher power type of worship. Um, I think it's it's very much like uh, like leaving offerings, mm. um, like like you know either a food or a physical goods or or just like valuable objects and things. Um, I think that this is a hmm. Who are the figures and forces worshipped in any religions, and who is entrusted to writers for these beliefs? I, th- I I'm I'm definitely also getting a bit of the secret of Nim vibe mm. of this, like where 
where maybe they they there is like a a sort of um something that we would consider uh not worthy of worship that they that they really uh that they cherish maybe like a tree or Ooh. a plant of some kind that's like since it's since the desert is encroaching at all times right, right. maybe there's some some uh, some plant that is like very sacred to them that they keep well watered and fed and you know in sun and everything um that sort of represents a higher a higher power a higher calling kind of thing <laughs> um hmm what would that be maybe it is just maybe it is just a tree and like because because we have like the beaver dam thing going on right yeah <laughs> what if like the original founders of this town or this settlement that were that we're building here uh were sort of the the beaver like construct construction um you know like group uh oh it is sort of the like uh you know maybe maybe there was a uh a, a uh, uh, what, what am I trying to think of? Like a pilgrimage through, uh, through the wasteland, way way back. Oh yeah. And then these these like brave now now considered brave sort of canonized people, um, you know, dammed the rivers and made the canals and set up the what is now the undercity, but is the foundation for our society. And so. Because they used the wood that they found in this coastal place, it's 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 almost sort of a thing of like, oh, we have to give back and make sure that we can uh, keep harvesting the wood, and it's sort of like a like a like a sacred cycle thing for them. Nice, like uh, arborists or horticulturists. Yeah. As a like, yeah, so it's not so much position. about like a particular god. It's it's more about just a like making sure that. Uh, or it's about like preserving the respect for nature that despite despite all the modern advancements and everything there's still that core of wood the and and nature that you know that the wood re- uh, represents at the at the heart of everything so i think that's what it is yeah it's like an arborist uh uh worship structure Sounds great. Um, okay, so next. Okay, we got oh an ace, the ace of diamonds. Um, back to the PDF. Your character gains a useful insight into the creature that approaches. Which of its threats oh. do they learn about in advance? How can they prepare themselves against it? Hey. Uh-huh. Okay, so based on that wording, do you think I'm supposed to like? invent something to learn about or say that my character learns about something we've already established i think it's something we already established at least that's how i would read it okay then um then i'm going to go ahead and say um hmm i like the idea of my character somehow learning about the whole like satellite uplink thing but learning about like the burning definitely makes more sense and is easier for me to think of like a preparation. Oh. So I'm 
I'm going to say that yeah, he, uh, that Bongus learns about the burning and how can they prepare themselves against it. Um, could just like say, oh, he gets some like fireproof armor or something, but maybe there's a more interesting way to go about that. Um, I, oh, hmm. I'm leaning more into the weird 70s sci-fi part than we have up until now, but I like the idea of like being able to like have a shield of actual water around yourself that is like a kind of like ablative armor because it is like going to be like, you know, evaporated by the heat, but he can just like pour more water into it until his like reserve tanks run out or something. Oh, that's cool. So it's like um oh oh so uh, a, a bi- i've got it a like midpoint in terms of the tech here um he's <laughs> he has the flood from super mario sunshine but as a point defense weapon <laughs> oh like a big old turret yeah well like that's like on his back but it's still but it, like, like what it, over his shoulder or whatever oh. yeah like to intercept incoming like fire or something oh i love that it doesn't make a load of sense but it's just i think it fits the vibe yeah and yeah he's able to he's just able to get one of those i think he like as a result of like a favor done or something maybe it's normally done just as like you know just as like a fire suppression thing on the boats but yeah oh yeah totally so yeah the daps fire suppression system from the boats for point defense alright nice Alright. How's everybody feeling? Oh yeah, let's see. We're about an hour and twenty in. Um, so, do you do you think that maybe the next club that we draw is actually the last one? I think that seems reasonable. Yeah. Okay. Alright, so next we have uh, Nine of Spades. Uh, oh, okay. Uh, what happens to the poor, the infirm, and the elderly? Are they taken care of with no expectations? Must they contribute their fair share? Hmm. Hmm. We've established, like, at the sort of, like, we've established, like, economic unfairness within the society, but there could still be some interesting, like, social, you know, norms established. You might have social security as, like, a you know, like a safety net thing, pressure release. Yeah, but, maybe uh, it's a thing where you move to another part of the of the city when you're when you're old or infirm like like if, if it's a thing where it's like oh yeah you this guy's foot got crushed in, you know in between two barges and it's like well he's not working anymore so i guess he's got to go you know uh he's got to go to the 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 marshes or whatever like where wherever wherever you just put people out of the way yeah Or maybe, you know, we haven't actually established if there's, like, an economy. What we have established is, like, is is sort of, like, social class 
hierarchy, mm-hmm. but that could easily be like um, that could be caste system or uh, or just like some sort of weird you know, technocracy like thing, yeah. Technocracy or like a family, uh, you mm-hmm. know, a, a family lineage thing. So probably, like you were saying, like the there's probably like the communal sort of marshes situation for like the lower classes, but like, but the the people who live up top, and maybe that is sort of like a partially hereditary position. But I figure they take care of theirs, you know. Right. Hmm. I think there's there's definitely got to be wizened old rats with long wizened beards, right? Oh, yeah, you got yeah. And, and blank blind eyes and stuff. Huh. So, I think to actually answer the questions, um, and I think we hit this note earlier, so what happens to the poor, the infirm, and the elderly is that they're uh, put out of the way where people, you know, other people don't have to see them. And it just seems to be a difference of, like, how nice the out-of-the-way is, depending on where you are. Yeah. So, are they taken care of with no expectations? Um, my gut says, with some of what we got set up, is that you gotta pay for some of it. Maybe, um, maybe they will take care of you, but if you want to be comfortable, you better have a little bit set aside. That makes sense. But, uh, and in that vein, must they contribute their fair share? I think it's sort of like a not expecting much. So, yeah. you know, what's, what is their fair share? Yeah, that sounds about right, right? Like, so they're, they're put out of the way where people can't see them. Uh, they're not expected to contribute much, but if you've got some money, they're better taken care of. Yeah. That's right. <laughs> How sad. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, good. A clubs. Let's uh, <laughs> oh let's get back to the monster. Something fun. Uh, the queen of clubs. How is the creature born or created? Can it reproduce? Oh. And where can it go for reinforcements? All right. Now we're getting into it. Okay. <laughs> I'm so glad that we got there before we, as we're as we're sort of wrapping up part one here. Um, okay. So. I didn't want to pin it down uh, originally because I didn't know, you know, where where we would land on this. But uh, I think that this is a sort of a like a like a lab grown hybrid cybernetic and organic creature. Nice. I, I think that like it has circuitry, but it's like it's it is like. Cre- you know, created by organic pathways kind of thing. Okay. So it's like a bio-cyborg thing. Nice. Um, so it, it, it's like, it's almost like uncanny in the way that like, uh, you know how, you know how most Pokemon are like animals, but then every once <laughs> in a while there's a Blastoise that just has cannons somehow? Yeah. It's, it's like that. It, like it has like weird technological things that are organic, but they, but like they, it's very clear that they're devices, nice, and not, and not, you know, like talons or whatever. All right, yeah, um, yeah. So I, so yeah, I think this is a lab created uh, uh, creature, um, and as far as reproduction goes, 
Um, I I think that there there was a way for it to happen, but I don't think it can do it anymore. Or at least it hasn't yet fulfilled its parameters that allows it to reproduce. Okay. And uh, where can it go for reinforcements? Hmm. I think it can go... I think for reinforcements, it can... uh, It can go up. (laughs) (laughs) I think that's where it can go. Okay. Fuck. <laughs> so, so this is the so we as we just said this is our fourth threat. So we're only playing to four in this in this game, um, instead of the standard eight, just because we're already so so far into it. Yeah. Um, we could try to get another episode out of it, but we that's could. Much um, we're feeling like, but I, I I'm feeling pretty satisfied with where, what this world that we've created looks okay. like. Right. I, I don't know about you guys. Yeah, no, it's pretty tight. Okay. Yeah, me too. I was um, just thinking about the content, you know. I gotta get that. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. I mean, um, we could do we could do part two as as another episode. Um, it does say that uh, part two is a great time to take a break. You know, get get some snacks or whatever, uh, water yourself, and then and then get back to it. That that sounds pretty good to me, honestly. As the guy who has to edit this, I'm good <laughs> to put a little break now. That that sounds awesome. Works for me. Okay, so damn it, man, we got more material out of yeah. And so just to keep just to take stock, we will deal with like the mechanical implications of this later. But we have three resources and four threats. Uh huh. So and we'll figure that out in the second part. Yeah. <laughs> so it seems like we yeah. Might be on the back foot, but yeah, we've certainly painted quite the picture here. Um, do yeah, I'm not. I, I think that's yeah. I think we've done everything we need to do. Um, so thank you for bringing this game to our attention, Jonix. This has been great. Yeah, no worries. Uh, I've I've have uh, have had a lot of fun. I've been meaning to play this with somebody for a long time, so ah. uh, I'm glad that I got to do it here. I'm glad. Nice. I think this is like my favorite like deck of cards sort of story game so far it's i like it a lot yeah i'm also yeah i've also been thinking about like the the, what it said about like oh is this based on like the past present or future and the idea of doing this specifically set in like a historical place is really interesting because it means a lot of these questions are already answered but the way you answer them is still important Mm -hmm. so yeah but anyway but uh yeah um so uh i hope all of you have enjoyed listening to this as much as we've enjoyed doing it and to find out what happens to these uh funny little guys (laughs) and their um less than idyllic society uh when the monster comes join us next time on big gay nerds Big Gay Nerds is made possible by our Patreon supporters. We would like to give special thanks to Calvin Cox, Elliot, Evelyn Nadia DuPont, Frank L., Giraffe Scarves, Hellblood Hands, Jack Toops, Jarnope, Joelle, John the Book Hoarder, Laura Dean, Lucas Bell, MC Verdandi, Neon Hellcat, 
Ollie, Patrick Moore, Ryan Asopa, Udon Bullets, Thor Holmquist, and Trash Himei. If you would like to join their ranks and gain access to exclusive content, simply visit us at patreon.com slash biggaynerds and donate at the Lauded Gay Nerds tier. If you'd like to support us for free, spread the word about us on social media. We're at Big Gay Nerds cast on Twitter and just Big Gay Nerds on Tumblr and co-host. And if you'd like to hang out with us and other BGN listeners, join the BGN fan discord server linked in all the aforementioned pages.